Hello, my name's Evie and I'm here to have an honest discussion about all things sex, mental health and self-love with some amazing people I've met through Instagram. Most Fridays, unless I'm going out for a drink, join me for a good old chat on everything surrounding sex and your body with some of the best in the sex positive community. Welcome to Clitry the Best, a conversation with Poppy from South and More discussing ethical non-monogamy. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thanks How are you? Mm, thanks I'm for coming on. Well, thank you. Um, good. I'm good. We've had we, our boiler's been broken for the past oh, week no. and a half, and it's just fixed now. So I'm feeling happier and warmer. Oh yeah, especially in this weather. It's not the nicest. <sighs> Worst time of the year for it. Mm, so dark as well. <laughs> yes, I've been like snuggling with my hot water bottle every day. Mm, yeah. Oh, I love a hot water bottle, especially when you're in your period. Oh my god. Yes, <laughs> it really is. Mm. Yeah, so I have to ask this question just because, you know, how are you finding Corona? <laughs> well, obviously I'm totally bored out of my brain and mm. missing normal life, but I can't complain too much because mm. obviously the pandemic is quite good for the wanking economy. Yes. So good for business. Yes. but And a lot more time to be like productive <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But yeah, I, I can't mm. wait for the world to go back to normal. But yeah, yeah see people in the flesh. In. Yeah. Oh my God. Just like hugging people will be mm. amazing. Yeah. Literally not even sexual, just actually <laughs> no. touching another human would be great. <laughs> yeah. Just like just seeing a friend and hugging them. Mm. That'll be like, yeah, that, that's yeah, what I can't sure. wait for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, sure. Yeah, so I am poppy i own the online sex toy boutique south and more southandmore.com um we are an online store we stock body safe beautiful pleasure objects and toys Mm. and we are all about helping people to experience pleasure unapologetically and all about normalizing masturbation and pleasure Mm. in all its forms for all people yeah you have some beautiful toys as well like you know, usually you go on them and they're just like these bits of plastic. They do the job, but these are like beautiful, like glass and like, yeah, they're lovely. Love it. Yeah. Well, I always <laughs> think, you know, if you're going to have sex with something, you want mm. to find it attractive and that kind of goes whether it's a human yeah. or a toy. So mm, why not sure. have beautiful toys? Yeah. When did you start the shop? Did Was it a lockdown thing or has it been going for a while? So I started the shop, it was about a a year and a half ago now, so before lockdown, Mm -hmm. um, but I started it alongside working full time in an office, um, Mm -hmm. and then I actually managed to quit my job in the middle of the pandemic to do it full time. Nice, that's the dream. (laughs) Yeah, I work alongside mine, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, many hours were spent like after work or before work, like carrying a huge bag of toys, like on the commute to go to the post office (laughs) before I started my office job in central London. (laughs) Oh, wow. Do you stock all the toys in your um, house or do you? It's a bit of both. So yeah, a bit of both. So some of the things I send out myself and then some things come from fulfillment centers, but hopefully the next goal is to move everything into one location. So hopefully that'll happen in the next few months nice oh yeah it's definitely the time to own a sex toy boutique for sure <laughs> Everybody I, I feel very them. lucky mm, yeah <laughs> I feel very lucky that I started this at the, the right time to to be able to help people have mm. more pleasure at home when there's literally nothing else to do apart from yeah blank. 
literally yeah I'm always getting bored of that now I'm like I know so much I can do (laughs) I know you know you've gone through all of these lists about like 10 different ways to masturbate and all of these different types of toys and then you're like Mm. you know what I've learned everything I can (laughs) I'm a pro (laughs) oh right let's jump right in um so if someone has never heard of this what is ethical non-monogamy um yeah because I've heard of it with like surrounding polyamory and open relationships but uh yeah what is it (laughs) yeah so I think ethical non-monogamy is kind of an umbrella term which Mm -hmm. kind of includes everything outside of monogamy so monogamy is the concept of being with only one partner romantically Mm -hmm. um and sexually at a time um so if you take the non-monogamy part of that that's anything outside of just being with one other person and if Mm -hmm. you take the ethical part of that it's doing that consensually in a way that everybody has agreed to so Mm -hmm. unethical non-monogamy would be cheating on your partner without talking about it but ethical non-monogamy is exploring outside of the confines of kind of a two-person relationship in a ethical manner nice yeah so everybody benefits from it rather than behind your back yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, th- I think with with the kind of ethical non-monogamy thing like you mentioned mm. like it can be anything from swinging to open relationships through to mm-hmm. polyamory and multi-person relationships polycules mm. like there's there's all sorts oh, wow. of things and every single relationship looks different and it, the yeah. rules are different for every person yeah basically and there are different like, names to call it, but really it's whatever rule you make up for your relationship and whatever works. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of just adding some somebody else or m- multiple people to your relationship. Is, um... Yeah, for some people it is, I think. And then for mm. other people they they might never be in a kind of, if you if you look at it as a traditional in inverted commas setup, they might never just be a couple, two people. Might start off like, like from... that. Yeah, from the beginning, it might be three people or four people, or you might not choose to kind of put a label on it and mm. um, treat every single relationship kind of differently. And then sometimes it is coming from the position of being a unit and inviting other people in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can imagine that's a little bit harder as well if you've got your dynamic and you've been with each other for quite a while to then... It's, I can imagine it's much easier starting off that way. I don't know. I'm probably just making a sweeping generalisation here. But... <laughs> it's hard to say without having done every single way yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, the other question was, is it different to an open relationship? But I guess, like you say, it's an umbrella term. So... Yeah, I think I think an open relationship, I think the way that we typically see that is that you yeah. are with one other person as your kind of primary partner and then yeah. maybe you have permission to date or have sex with other people in kind of a casual manner. I think mm. that's kind of the the societal view of an open relationship rather than kind of polyamory. Mm. where Rather than pursuing, a whole relationship. Yeah. yeah, where you're kind of pursuing like multiple romantic relationships mm. with people where there's kind of more emotion and commitment involved, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, the other thing was, why do you think people go into ethical non-monogamy? I think that, you know, as a society, monogamy is the kind of presented form Mm. of a relationship. You know, you see it in TV and books and around you, your family units and stuff like that. 
but actually a lot of for a lot of people that that doesn't work and you Mm -hmm. know we see it time and time again that people will either cheat or a relationship might break down because uh the the kind of pressure of just being with one person um Mm -hmm. doesn't really work for a lot of people so I think non-monogamy is a way to maintain relationships with kind of your partners and people you in your life um whilst also exploring whatever you know sexual or romantic um Mm kind of connections come into your life in a way that's kind of ethical um and that everyone's on board with because I think I think my personal opinion is that some people are more predisposed to monogamy and some people are more predisposed to non-monogamy and I don't think either is is better or Mm. like you know you get a lot of people (laughs) who kind of push their agenda of like no non-monogamy is the better way you have to be a stronger Mm. person to do it I don't think that's true I just think that different things work for different people and the beauty of non-monogamy is that you can kind of write your own rules and define what that is for you Mm, I think like you're drilled into monogamous relationships from day one like Disney movies and it's all (laughs) like but yeah I guess whatever works for you and yeah I feel it's a lot obviously no no like it's whatever you not necessarily one's better than the other but it's actually more of a healthy way of looking at it like a lot of people are like oh well if you're in an open relationship or whatever it's just an excuse so you can go and cheat but really it's a lot more healthy than that because you both know what's going to happen and you're both agreeing to it and but yeah I think there's a lot in the media especially it's like it's just an excuse to cheat or you're obsessed with sex and stuff like that when really it's completely different (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally and you know you can absolutely still cheat in a non-monogamous relationship because it's all about setting your own boundaries and you know rules if you will uh around what is acceptable behavior and and what is not so you can absolutely still cheat on someone even if you're in that non-monogamous setup and yeah like you say there's this idea that people who are non-monogamous are just like shagging all the time it's just sex 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 (laughs) and actually it's it's not like that like you know you've only got so many hours in the day and Mm. (laughs) you still have to kind of you have to you have to nurture your relationships and you have to look after the people that, yeah. that you love and that you care about. So it's not a case of just like recklessly doing anything you want. You actually have to take into consideration more people's feelings. So, mm. you know, it's, yeah, that image isn't really right at all. No, it's like I remember talking to my friend Cassie about it. Like it's quite similar with BDSM. Like in the media, it's portrayed as this like, oh, you're all sadistic and stuff like that. But actually, it comes from, like, a real nurturing place, like, the rules and stuff and, like, aftercare. Like, and I think even myself, I'd internalise that a bit. And then when I'd learned about it, I'm like, it's actually so beautiful. It's all about looking after each other. <laughs> I know. I mean, what's what's not lovely about having more love in your life, really? Mm, it's pretty exactly. wholesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you personally, um, are you personally in a non-monogamous relationship at the moment? or? Yeah. I am. Um, so I I have a boyfriend and we've been together must be about seven years now. So nice. yeah. quite a long relationship. Quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, you know when you're like in your early 20s or you're a teenager and you look at people who've been in a relationship for seven years and you're like, wow, that's so long. Can't ever mm. imagine getting there. And then you, one day you're in it and you're like, oh. Yeah, it goes so quick. <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, it goes so quickly. Um, but we started off, I guess, typically monogamous. Um mm-hmm. and then I had this desire to experiment more with kind of like 
group sex or sex parties mm. uh, and threesomes and things like that like they were very mm. high on my list of fantasies um and I told him about that and he was obviously totally on board with that um <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> nice I know obviously it doesn't always happen that way uh, I was very mm-hmm. fortunate that we kind of like lined up in that kind of expectation yeah um and from there I guess it just evolved really slowly over the course of kind of four years five years where it started like that and then eventually I realized that just kind of just the sex element alone wasn't really enough and I was meeting Mm -hmm. people and connecting with people and wanting it to be more than just a Mm. sex thing um at which point we kind of discussed well what what is this then if we actually Mm. want to like date people as well and have more intimate intimacy with people like what what does that mean for us Mm. like and we just kind of felt it out and went really, really slowly and gradually over the years. I guess it's kind of gone from the typical open relationship from a sex perspective to mm-hmm. being more of a kind of, no, actually, I think we're polyamorous and we have the the capability to have like emotional feelings for other people. Yeah. And actually those connections that we're making feel more meaningful um Mm. even if they're still casual relationships they feel more meaningful if we're allowed to kind of explore whatever emotions might come up but at the end of the day we're kind of we're a unit we live together um very much boyfriend and girlfriend but Mm. yeah it works for us and it's taken a long time to get here but it's Mm. a it's a nice place to be yeah I can imagine you're super strong it's so beautiful like I hope to because I always I've always struggled like with previous relationships I've either like got bored or I've wandered a little bit which I like I think I've I have unfortunately cheated once and that was horrific and I felt awful but I do I have kind of addressed this like maybe there is a different way I could do this and like I'm in a monogamous relationship at the moment but we've had that conversation like I think I've recently found out that I might be into girls as well and then I said that to him with like a bit of a fear like oh no is it but I was wanting to explore that and he was like yeah obviously like he's not ready yet but it's definitely something you'd be open with and I feel like that just takes the whole pressure off already like we might not be at that stage yet but just to know that we could open it up a bit more I think just yeah takes the pressure off because it's this big pressure that you have to be with someone forever and ever and that's it which I think is slowly changing a little bit but it's still very yeah very wired into us socially yeah I think I think that you're totally right there we have this kind of idea in our society that one person has to fulfill every single role and every single need that you have and it's a lot of pressure to put on one person and you know it from a biological point of view and you know chemical and physical you Mm. you have a different attraction to someone in the first however long you know be it weeks months years and Mm. to expect that to just maintain the same level of sexual attraction um not that's the wrong term not sexual attraction but like sexual excitement I suppose Mm. forever is just unrealistic really and by opening it up to even just like Mm. flirtations with other people or whatever it might be you're able to keep seeing your partner through the eyes of other people I suppose um Mm. and I find that that's That's something that just kind of keeps the sexual spark alive in my relationship is is just the element of like I don't know it's just exciting sometimes to see your partner being desired by other people yeah 
yeah which is like the opposite of what we're told that it will be yeah for sure (laughs) like there's a I don't know my friend like she's exploring that when she's talking to different um people but it's just purely talking and that just flirtation then is like enough to excite them both like they both talk about it and I think it doesn't have to be full-on right I'm gonna go have sex with somebody else but even I guess yeah just even just flirting can yeah excite it (laughs) yeah I think so and Mm. the the thing you said as well about like realizing that maybe you're bisexual or pan or have attraction Mm -hmm. to the same gender like that's exactly the same for me as well and Mm. to be able to still explore that whilst being in a relationship with a man is you don't have these kind of lingering thoughts like what if what what would it be like like what is that part of me like because you can actually just explore it and Mm. yeah it's nice to not have to kind of repress that side of yourself yeah because I think it's quite common I've seen a lot of posts about it where like women in are in relationship with men and then they do realize oh I think I might be bi but they don't want to lose that relationship but then they also yeah like you say don't want to say what if and then maybe resent their partner down the line just because they couldn't explore it so I guess Mm. yeah it is it's quite a common thing which I've realized (laughs) from speaking to people which is quite nice yeah um Mm. it really is and it's is that like like you said around like if you have a desire to you know kiss someone else or kiss your mm. own gender or whatever it is like the idea that you have to just say goodbye to your relationship like whatever yeah. you've built with one person just because you want to explore you know th- that to yeah. me is a really toxic idea that we've all been taught is like nope it's that or nothing like you're mm. either a cheater or you have to break up like they're the only options mm. like no why can't we just set our own boundaries around like yeah what is okay and what it's is not? such a waste as well of like a good connection like oh well yes. we haven't stuck to these norms so that's just goodbye forever and never speak yes. to you again <laughs> it's really sad <laughs> it's so sad this is what I mean like even if you you know you throw away those relationships and a lot of the time those those people are also like your friends you know when mm. you're in a relationship with someone for a long time they're not just your your partner they they're like one of your best friends so yeah. the fact that you have to throw that away simply because you you know you, you it slipped up and kissed someone or something mm. like that like it is it is mad but obviously I'm not condoning cheating I Mm-hmm. always think For this sure. should be consensual and spoken about and people shouldn't yeah. just act wildly on desires without talking to their partner no. about it yeah which is why I think I think yeah it's definitely a mature like carry on <laughs> sorry <laughs> being um like non-monogamous I think it definitely comes with maturity like it's it's not something I feel like I could have done when I was a bit younger but it's, it's definitely being mm. like in tune with your feelings and understanding how other people feel and that you're human and you can't you are you can be attracted to other yes. people it doesn't mean you're this evil person <laughs> yes do you know what that is so true like I look back to me when I was kind of 18 all the way through to mm. I don't know 21 22 and the the idea of doing that then and just having like the um, the emotional maturity to actually talk about my emotions mm. <laughs> I don't think I had that I don't <laughs> think I would have been able to do it <laughs> I think it would have driven me crazy um yeah you really do have to learn to really like set your boundaries and Mm. state your kind of state your feelings without projecting it onto the other person if you know what I mean um you learn you get a lot of communication skills I think through through having this kind of relationship and I think those Mm. those skills can be 
really easily transferred to monogamous relationships as well. Like, mm-hmm. the, like we were saying with the BDSM thing, the fact that, you know, at the beginning of any of these kinds of relationships, you set your terms and you set your boundaries and you describe what you're comfortable with and what you're not. And I think mm. that would be an excellent practice for any form of yeah. relationship, monogamous, non-monogamous, whatever, because at least then everyone is on the same page. And I think you have a better understanding of what each other wants from the relationship. Mm. And you can like apply it to everything, like even non-sexual, like communication is literally so important. And yeah, if you apply even just like the BDSM rules or anything just to, just day-to-day relationships it just I think it make a massive difference as well yeah I think I think you're so right and it is it, it's the thing we say all the time isn't it like in the in the kind of the sex ed and the the pleasure yeah. ed, like industry and online like communication yeah it's true it's like it's the one skill that everyone should learn because it's it, said a lot for a gets, reason <laughs> yes because mm-hmm. it's true and it's it's just yeah it's an invaluable skill that if you if you learn to communicate you mm-hmm. will get more pleasure and more satisfaction out of life full stop yeah only good things can come from it yes. yeah <laughs> I, I, I guess... i'm trying to think now is there a, is there a way if you communicate too much <laughs> yeah it's gone from i don't think so hmm. <laughs> i don't think so either <laughs> no um i was gonna say like the i think the biggest thing that crops up in people's mind is like how how do you deal with the jealousy like obviously i think that plays the biggest part when I think of it from an outside view I don't know it might not be the biggest issue but I can imagine when people aren't um, non-monogamous they think well how do you cope with seeing your partner with somebody else or yeah yeah it's definitely the biggest question that I hear Um, Mm -hmm. and I think what's key to remember is that jealousy is a healthy and normal emotion Mm -hmm. it's how you respond to it that really matters and like figuring out where does that jealousy come from because if you're if you're if you're jealous of your partner spending time with another person and Mm -hmm. it's because they're not spending enough time with you then that is totally valid you know but it's Mm -hmm. how do you then deal with that how do you again how do you communicate going back Mm. to our favorite (laughs) word again Uh, but how do you communicate that to your partner do you lash out and say you don't love me you're spending too much time with her or them or do you explain like I would like some more quality time with you because it's making Mm -hmm. me sad not seeing you and I feel like maybe you want to spend more time with other people you know it's how do you how do you approach that and you will feel jealousy in any kind of relationship I think and people say like you can't be in a non-monogamous relationship if you're a jealous person I don't think that's strictly true um Mm. I think again it comes back to how do you deal with that but yeah jealousy is totally normal emotion and I think Mm -hmm. at in the beginning of my relationship before we were open I think I was way more jealous than I am now because before it would be like oh you're following this girl on Instagram who is she oh you're messaging someone I can't see your phone (laughs) who is it but now now we like we talk about all the people that we're talking to Mm. and often we like introduce each other to them so it's like oh who, who just sent you a nude was that blah blah and they're like yeah (laughs) you're not making more friends through the process (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, it definitely takes work to get to that point but Mm. it's worth it but yeah I can imagine like you say like you have to face that jealousy head-on in a relationship like that so yeah I can imagine you're you're much we must you'll be much better dealing with jealousy because you can't avoid it with something like that 
so yeah um, I mean it feels it feels very rare now I can't remember like a pang I, like I can't remember like a serious pang of jealousy like mm. do you know you know when you're in a teenage relationship and you remember just yes. being like crippled <laughs> with jealousy like you can feel <laughs> it in your die. stomach like <laughs> yes you're doubled over like this is mm. the worst thing ever <laughs> and it'll be like, something small I, like he <laughs> was sat next to somebody that was a female <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> no. um, but it is it is an, uncom- an uncomfortable emotion. It is. Mm. Um, and, but I think, yeah, where does it come from? It's either an insecurity within yourself. Uh, like yeah. You don't feel worthy. You don't feel good enough. Or mm. it's something that your partner's doing. And it's assessing, like, is that behavior that they're doing okay or is it not okay? Because mm. sometimes jealousy is, it's like your intuition telling you that something's wrong. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's that's right and you should listen to that and you shouldn't just try and ignore it or always solve it like sometimes there is something wrong but mm. a lot of the time it just comes down to communication yes the big c <laughs> big c <laughs> yeah oh yeah so um the other question what is it i've lost my questions great <laughs> um what would you say some of the reasons it sometimes fails obviously it could be too much jealousy but is there anything else Obviously, it's hard to quite answer this because every relationship's different. But um, are there any common things with non-monogamous relationships? Yeah, I think it's an interesting question anyway because, you know, relationships, regardless of the setup, whether they're monogamous mm. or not, often do fail. And yeah. I think a lot of the time, the reasons that monogamous relationships fail will be the same reasons that non-monogamous relationships fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think be- because non-monogamy is the the other and is the the outside kind of mm. way to live your life, we we put it on this kind of like pedestal of like, well, it has to be done 100% perfectly and you can't fail because, you know, you've chosen you've to chosen do this and you think it's better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But actually, we're all just human and relationships, I think the word fail as well, you know, it's quite, it's almost quite an aggressive word because Mm. you know because a relationship ends it doesn't mean it's failed like sometimes you just realize you weren't right for each other and yeah what is a succeeding relationship surely if you've both agreed that you're not into each other anymore that is almost a success success. yeah (laughs) yeah totally um but I think yeah I think some reasons that non-monogamy in particular can sometimes not work say if one partner is more into the concept of non-monogamy than the other partner Mm -hmm. you know everyone needs to be on board in in the same way even if the rules are different for each partner or person in the relationship you know not everyone has to be doing the same amount of things all the time it's not a competition like one partner might choose to just carry on being monogamous almost with their partner Mm. while their other partner sees other people and that's fine if it works for them but if you've been dragged into that kind of without full consent then that's not okay and that isn't going to work and you shouldn't have to put up with that um Mm. and then yeah like you say like the jealousy I think if you have to set boundaries in your relationship and you have to keep reassessing those as as you go along because at the beginning of a non-monogamous relationship you're probably going to have a lot of rules it'll probably be like you, one of one of ours was uh you can't date anyone on a sunday and <laughs> that, sunday was like precious couple time for us and then eventually we were like okay that that rule 
that rule was based off me being sad because you made a date on a Sunday and I was hungover and I wanted you to look after me. So eventually, yeah, we needy were like, that, that, yeah, needy Sundays. Eventually, we were like that. That rule can be dropped. Um, mm. but it, I think that constant reassessing of your your rules uh, is really important and making sure that everyone is kind of operating within those. Um, mm. But yeah, I think in terms of you know we are people often say like but aren't you scared your partner is going to fall in love with someone else and it's like yeah that's well, a common one isn't it <laughs> that is a common one but it's like well isn't that a risk anyway whether hmm. we're non-monogamous or not because like as far as I can see most marriages end in divorce and a lot yeah. of the time it's because someone cheated so you know the risk is equal just because you've let hmm. your partner like in inverted commas again like let them see other people yeah. it doesn't mean they're any more likely to leave you for that person in my mm. experience anyway I've never come across a polyamorous couple that's been broken up because one of them ran away with someone else that they were already seeing so I don't know I'm sure it happens but mm. you're more you're almost yeah you're stronger because you both see the big fear when you're in a monogamous relationship is that you're gonna be with someone else whether it's emotionally or sexually Whereas when mm. you take that fear away and you're still together, that you're also doing that oh, that thing that is just so alien to a lot of people, and then you're still together and you're still even stronger than that. Yeah, it just it's mm. a big fuck you to the <laughs> tradition, really. Yeah, and I think you'll find like a lot of the like tabooness of mm. having sex with someone that's not your partner. You know, I think a lot of cheating is based on that kind of excitement. Yeah, you know, like in the workplace, like just small glances and a flirtation that gets like escalated but when you're actually allowed to do those things then they're, mm. they're much less thrilling it's just normal life so I think you're yeah. much less likely to get kind of like wrapped up in the excitement of like well I have to leave my partner because this this new thing is way more exciting mm. because actually you see it for what it is when you're allowed to do it and it's, yeah. it might still be lovely but it's probably also not worth throwing your relationship away for mm. yeah I think it's quite common that the cheating is is obviously sometimes it is an emotional connection but more often than not it is oh well I can't do that and a quick like oh and I did it rather than I'm in love with this person I'm going to run away forever but then yeah again it is still behind it's behind someone's back so yeah the damage is done but yeah the damage is done. <laughs> <laughs> what would your top tips be to those wanting to maybe go into this type of relationship whether it be with a partner or just from the outset looking for a that kind of relationship I think if you if you're looking from it from the outset I think just being really clear about what you want from a relationship Mm -hmm. um and I don't think that means you have to rigidly be like I want five partners and we're all going to live in a house with seven dogs like I don't think you need to be specific (laughs) you know just if you're on dating profiles and dating apps and things like that I think it's just Mm. good to get it out there from the beginning that you know you're you're a non-monogamous person or that you're a poly person um Mm -hmm. and just be just be really open about that and then I think the key is always taking it slowly and not pushing yourself to do more than you're comfortable with um yeah yeah. and obviously just talking 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 about Mm -hmm. how you feel what you want what you're comfortable with and just being really honest with both yourself and your partners about that Mm. because I guess it's not like once you both if you're both going into it uh, from being monogamous it's not like 
you go into it and that's it there's no turning back like if one of you doesn't feel comfortable you can like it's not like I'm diving in and that's the end we're non-monogamous forever so I get yeah I think I think some people do think that like oh well I've made this decision now I've got to stick with it yeah yeah I think you're so right there like yeah your most extreme experience doesn't have to then be your persistent experience you mm. know you can you can you can change the the rules as you go along you know yeah. um, you can dip your toe see how it feels go back to monogamy whatever like mm. it's all up for grabs yeah I think even just knowing that you can do it like I said before is just so freeing like when I've started to learn about it and I just yeah because I've grown up quite sheltered and I just think like oh there's only one way of doing things and yeah just even like even if you're not going to necessarily do it but just knowing that it's an option I think yes, is agree yeah just takes I, I think as well <laughs> it does and I think that's another great tip is to like find some community who will reinforce Mm. that what you're doing is okay because you are constantly still bombarded by all these cultural messages about like polyamory is just for freaks you know like we've all watched louis Theroux documentaries where they find just the most extreme (laughs) examples (laughs) yeah they're like this is what a polyamorous relationship looks like and Mm. there's just always someone looking really miserable yeah it's just the girl with loads of men and then (laughs) her husband's like oh my god (laughs) yes (laughs) so i think yeah finding a community like there's so many sex positive people and accounts on like Mm. Instagram and the internet the in non-pandemic times there are there are events if you're more interested in the sex side of it you know there's Mm. like um kink events and swinging parties and sex clubs and stuff like that where Mm. actually a lot of it isn't about the sex it's actually about making connections and building a community Mm. and you'll find that lots of people just go to meet like-minded people um yeah and then you've got like apps like Field, which is a dating app you can join um, either as a single person or with your partner to meet other people. So there's there's lots of different ways, even at the minute while we're in lockdown, you know, you can mm. start like putting the feelers out and finding people in the community to just chat yeah. to about your experiences. And I, I really find that that just helps you feel a bit more normal because mm. the chances are in most friendship groups, most people will be monogamous. So not everyone has like a, a support network mm. I suppose to talk about it with yeah like you'll be the odd one out yeah yeah and yeah I found a few years ago when we were first experimenting with this we, we were met with a lot more like oh really how does that mm. work but now I think people in general unless my friends are all just really sex positive <laughs> but in general, like, <laughs> yeah I always forget <laughs> Yeah. I forget with the Instagram like not everyone's like this and like I'll end up yes. mentioning to my boss that like, oh, I've got a podcast on this tonight and he's like Evie and I'm like oh yeah sorry I forgot that's not normal <laughs> to you guys <laughs> but yeah yes, no, oh my god if you're like in a restaurant and then you're just talking really loudly about like yeah condoms and vibrators and then you people are looking at you and you're like oh is yeah. it is it not normal <laughs> oh it's definitely a good position to be in though like like how we're having healthy communication (laughs) but yeah no I think also with corona it takes a lot of the pressure off say like you say if you want to download an app or get get into a feel of it is you can really not research but like you say meet people and then take it slow so then you are ready to let loose when corona's over but um (laughs) 
I guess yeah I love that analogy yeah. let loose <laughs> just let it all hang out just open the doors and it's just ah, people <laughs> yeah but um we have some Instagram questions actually Ooh, from some people we? we had some weird ones which I showed you but we've got yes. some actually <laughs> are you gonna read what that was... one out <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to aren't I it was from <laughs> only for fun of course with all the to zeros um i want to know your pussy hole and your asshole and how deep your pussy hole is so poppy do you know have you measured it <laughs> it almost sounds like a song like yeah a rap song like a rap thing yeah <laughs> and they've got the wet water emoji and of course the monkey over the with his hands over his eyes because wow well, good. You yeah. should be embarrassed about asking that question, actually. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're showing a modicum of embarrassment. That's the thing when you're sex positive online. They just think that you're like super horny and you can just send any message and want a dick pic, yes. which is definitely. Yeah, so true. Like, every time I do like a Q&A or something on Instagram, there's always mm-hmm. someone who's like, yeah, but, but which toy makes you come the hardest? And yes. I'm like, it's not appropriate. This is, this is work. This is my work account. Can you not? Yeah yeah cool right let's, let's get into the proper ones um so actually no someone just said thank you so much for doing this um it's rarely oh. talked about that's quite nice yeah right. that's nice uh, yeah they know i could have come on here and been like ethical non-monogamy is terrible don't do it <laughs> a load of shit <laughs> this one guy says um obviously you said about field but he says are there any apps to help you explore this um i've used field and it's okay but are there any more so I think Field is probably the best app. So I'm I'm sorry, really? matey, if you didn't have a good experience, <laughs> but at the minute, it's probably the best app out there for it. Um, I personally have been on kind of traditional dating apps like Tinder and Hinge, yeah. and the response you get on Field is much more uh, like open-minded and everyone is kind mm-hmm. of already on a level and they already kind of understand the concept of open relationships so you don't have to explain yourself yeah like um, they've downloaded that app purely because they're into the same thing whereas tinder's like, yeah yeah tinder's um tinder's tinder's tinder's, tinder's, tinder. <laughs> tinder's its own beast yeah <laughs> but hinge is like relationships and i always felt mm. a bit bad if someone's out here looking for like a monogamous wife and i'm there like yeah i'm already in love but we can <laughs> date <laughs> yeah um but yeah i think field is the best i'm trying to think if there's anything else i mean like i said before there's like mm. there's there's different groups and there'll be different whatsapp groups associated with different kind of non-monogamous groups and like yeah sex parties and blah 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 and all that kind of stuff but that might not necessarily give you the kind of the friendship element that you might also be looking for I suppose because mm. it's more sex focused um I'm trying to think there's like there's websites things like fab swingers which I've never actually used but mm. so I can't really recommend uh, but again it's quite sex focused so yeah I think it depends what you're looking for doesn't it yeah it depends what you're looking for but I say give field another go mm. Uh, they're not yeah. paying me <laughs> i'm like number one use fan girl of code for <laughs> right the next one is how best to practice safe sex with other oh no that's not why do people ask me questions just randomly that aren't related to what i'm asking them to ask someone's I mean, just can ran... it anyway if you want yeah to be fair <laughs> how best to practice safe sex with other female-bodied people without using dental dams um, well mm. I mean the key let's let's twist this into an open relationship question yes uh, 
just imagine this person is asking about sex. Yeah. sex. Um, I think with anything, it's just going to be key to make sure you're getting tested regularly. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. you know, every three months, get your test. There's no excuse, even in COVID times, even in pandemic mm. times, there are so many online testing they services where they just send you a kit. Yeah, post mm. it to you. You do it in the comfort of your own home. You send it back, you get the results. So I just don't think in this day and age, there's any excuse for no. not being aware of your STI status and mm-hmm. then able to manage your sex life accordingly. Um, yeah. So that's the, and the most common STI. T- sorry, I just talked over. Oh, again. carry it's on. <laughs> God's sake. Um, also, I was going to say the most common thing is the most common symptom is no symptom at all. It's really important to get tested. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and I think I think aside from that, so are we, we're talking about um, people with vulvas having sex with people with vulvas. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned dental dams, which is obviously, obviously, you know, a great option for oral sex. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure if you're sharing sex toys that they're properly cleaned between partners um and if you're if you're incredibly worried about stis you know each use your own sex toy and don't swap um Mm -hmm. but i think i think it's also key to remember that stis are a risk of being a sexually active person and while getting one yeah no mm. there's no the only protection that is 100 percent safe is abstinence mm. and most of us don't want that so no. <laughs> you, you are going to be taking a little bit of a risk when you do have sex um if, you know you can keep it non-penetrative but at the end of the day if you're mixing bodily fluids there's a mm. risk you're going to get an sti and as long as you're regularly regularly getting checked getting treated for any that you can get treated if you do catch one um sterilizing your toys between uses Mm -hmm. using toys which are non-porous so they don't absorb any of those bodily fluids um putting condoms over your toys um you know you could mutually masturbate and not touch each other that's Mm. perfectly safe there's another way Mm. Um, i do love that as well can be great (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) especially if you're feeling lazy as well (laughs) (laughs) yes and you just know exactly how to do it and it's hot Mm -hmm. to watch your partner so yes yes yeah yeah I'm trying to think can you think of any other ways to keep it safe yeah I'm trying to this is kind of unrelated this isn't obviously something everyone can access but I don't know if you saw on Instagram the I think it was some positive results account and she there's this she got sent this it looks like a strap on but it holds your dental dam in place from like your front and to your back and it looks really cool like it looks hot yeah yes it was sexy. amazing invention yeah yeah it's great so that could be a way oh i think to... it was was it stock room was it stock room like Something i think like they're that. an american bdsm yeah. accessory brand yeah i think yeah i think so i yeah. think someone yeah but that's a great idea because i know that dental dams can be a faff um yeah i mean you're trying to stretch it over and all that but yeah <laughs> I think also I think also doing your own research ab- around how different STIs are transmitted so you can just feel yeah. safe about whatever activity because there's going to be different risk levels of like say mm-hmm. using fingers on genitals um yeah and using mouths on genitals and there's going to be different STIs be transmitted and other ones that can't so mm-hmm. if you understand that yourself you'll know kind of what activities are safer per se yeah exactly exactly right what is the next question my phone's just locked right (laughs) so how and where to meet poly and non-poly people to date I would say we've answered that one 
with field and things like that and new communities yeah i think as well there's pro- there's probably like community groups on things like facebook um oh, really? and actual yeah i think so and events out in the wild in normal days there will be mm. there will be back local communities back in the day remember events <laughs> <laughs> there will be local communities uh like obviously i like i live in london so it, mm. it's a little bit easier i think because there are quite a lot of people who yeah are in alternative relationships um mm. but in smaller cities i think there's going to be there, there will be a community of non-monogamous and poly people um might be so it's about find. doing your research yeah doing your research online um and kind of tapping into that um and yeah. then yeah like going to any kind of events where you can and meeting people in real life and just mm. putting yourself out there and making friends nice yeah do you recommend any like specific events or sex parties that you've found have been good yeah so um in terms of like kink events and mm-hmm. parties like that uh club verboten and crossbreed are mm. both super super fun and they're kind of uh, a younger crowd so i think when mm-hmm. we think of like swinging and sex parties sometimes you <laughs> might think of like people your parents age mm. <laughs> and there's like a, there's like a buffet of finger food mm. <laughs> unless you're into that it might be uh, a bit weird <laughs> um but club of the boatin and crossbreed are both like young kinky people and you get really Mm -hmm. dressed up and you're kind of like your chains and your latex um but it they kind of look intimidating from the outside but in actuality like everyone is there for the same purpose so it's Mm -hmm. actually really easy to talk to people and make friends and you find that quite a lot of people who go are in open relationships of some sort so that's a really nice way of getting to know people and meeting people Mm -hmm. um and then on the kind of the less kinky side of it you have uh brands like killing kittens um which is yeah i think that they're they're becoming quite like a household name i think and they're Mm -hmm. a bit more kind of a bit heterosexual i suppose so it's a bit yeah. more like couples and it's about i think their their whole like shtick is it's about putting the, the woman's pleasure first which is amazing mm-hmm. um I, I think it's mainly geared around like women exploring like bisexuality um in the confines of a heterosexual relationship i suppose yeah. so not quite as like open and free and fluid and whatever mm-hmm. as the other two I mentioned, but still like definitely has its purpose um, mm-hmm. and is absolutely a way. To- I think they've actually got a website as well. So they do like virtual events. Yeah, I think they do loads of events, actually. I think they do events and all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. I think I saw someone like uh, like erotic massage and shibari rope tying. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's definitely an online community to check out if you're if you're kind of more in the like heterosexual relationship vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Field, we mentioned they also do events in non-COVID times. They do like socials mm-hmm. in London. Um, oh, I've been good. to a few of those and they've been really fun. Um and then yeah that's all I can think of off the top of my head but there's loads of stuff out there yeah I bet do you go with your partner or do you alternate or I do tend to go with my partner actually and I will say Mm. it is nice having like someone to (laughs) someone to fall back on to chat to like a lot of people go alone and I really commend that because it must be difficult to to just go alone Mm. and put yourself out there um it does take a lot of confidence even if you're open and stuff it's still quite an intimidating thing 
going yeah, somewhere and alone it, in general. So and, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so true. But usually you will find that people are really receptive to talking to you. And, you know, I always mm. find about these kind of like sex positive events and kink events and stuff like that mm. is actually there's a there's less of a level of expectation around speaking to people. You know, if you're like just in a normal club or a normal bar yeah. and someone starts chatting you up, it can feel a bit like, oh, there's pressure here. What do I do? How do I get out of this? But in a kind of sex positive space, it the, there always feels like there's almost less pressure because you're all just there mm. for the same kind of reason. And then if something kicks off... Yeah, there's off, no mystery, off. really. Yeah, it's not exactly. Like, mystery's not really the right word because that sounds like a good thing, but... Like, no, I think that's true. It's like there's no there's no yeah. unknown kind of thing. And it like people mm, are unknown, more likely yeah. to put their cards on the table and either like just be upfront with you about whether mm. they fancy you or not. I don't know. Maybe it's I'm like a community. You're all the same kind of person. Yes. Really? No, you're not talking shit. You're talking great. <laughs> I'm <laughs> talking know... shit. I keep random <laughs> rambling on. I'm not even getting my words out properly. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you know that if nothing else, you can talk about mm. your relationship experiences and what you want. Like, but you mm. can talk about it kind of objectively without any kind of expectation that that person is going to do anything with you. Mm. It's more just like a yeah. a chat about it, which is nice. Yeah. So I think because a lot of people like from the outside, if you're a bit oblivious, would probably think like, oh, you go there and you're just pounding the whole time. Everyone's <laughs> just swapping and stuff. But I guess it's more of like a party. Than yes, totally. Very social. That. Yeah. Yeah. I th- mm. Most of the time, I think half the people don't even get involved with any sex stuff at sex parties really? uh, it's more just about like dancing and socializing and when you think about it mm. like these events often run from like 10 p.m through to three four five in the morning no one is going to mm. be having sex for that long anyway well if you are no <laughs> good on you <laughs> most people won't be doing yeah. that for seven hours god <laughs> mm. cool. def- it's definitely something i'm gonna have to try when covid is over and we're both ready because <laughs> Yeah, sounds great. Which kind of right? Another question. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. What's um? I keep hearing torture garden. What's that? Yeah, torture Mm. garden is um. Again, it's kind of like a kink focused party. I say that Mm. in kind of high pitched. I think it's mainly about getting dressed up in the atmosphere like there'll be performances Uh, and there'll be there'll be like a separate dark room. where there'll be like equipment and fetish equipment and stuff like that um but I think Mm -hmm. a lot of it is very much about like the atmosphere um very like music and dance focused and it's very about like the outfit you wear and you can be a little bit more creative like the Mm. other kink parties I mentioned are kind of more like modern fetish and kink whereas I think Torture Garden you can really Mm. like pull a full concept look out of the bag if you want nice gosh it's just it's just like a bit more of an interesting club really when you know you're not it's not going to be full of dickheads <laughs> yes, so true. this is all I'm picturing <laughs> oh, that is so true it is it's yeah. <laughs> right we have two more questions okay. um and then I will let you get on with your evening <laughs> we'll talk about this forever um how do you yeah how do you broach the subject with your partner if you are interested in yeah branching off into that I think this is going to be very dependent on your relationship and your your dynamic Mm -hmm. as it stands but um I think you have to open the conversation in a kind of what's the word like you don't want to just go in there straight away and be like I want an open relationship and that's it Mm -hmm. like you kind of you have to go to the table with all your facts 
in line you know like have an Mm -hmm. idea of what you might want to achieve long term but also have an idea of Mm -hmm. like the steps that you might want to take to get there so if you're interested in in an open relationship um where you can both have sex with other people then you know Mm -hmm. is is an intermediate step like one of you kissing someone else and then seeing how that feels Mm -hmm. and you know depending on what kind of relationship it is as well you can either position it from the fact like I've been doing a lot of reflecting and I'm realizing that I am polyamorous rather than being like (laughs) you're not enough for me I want more people you know yeah make sure you're positioning it in a way that is around kind of your needs and your authentic self mm-hmm. I can't believe I just said not those them. words <laughs> but yeah not them it's not a plain <laughs> thing it's <laughs> it's not you're not enough it's I think I want more um mm-hmm. and yeah just like we've said before like taking it really slowly could you offer any examples of relationships from either like people you know people on telly I know there's not that many examples mm. to pick from but if you if you saw if you found something could you be like that looks really interesting I think I'd quite mm. like that for myself um but yeah it's going to yeah. be different depending on your relationship but always start mm, sure. small and be willing to compromise and you know never mm. expect your partner to just bend to your wishes um mm. they might be up for it like they might it's, not. it's do this or weirdly or i'm gone that, my way or the highway <laughs> yeah <laughs> but also you know if that is if that if that's what you figure out is you can't be in a monogamous relationship yeah. anymore then that's fine too you know it's okay to mm let go of a relationship if it doesn't fit who you are anymore um mm. yeah because yeah. we're constantly changing and yeah if if obviously oh, i don't even know what i'm trying to say here it's one of those days i'm telling you <laughs> god yeah and i'm meant to be a podcast host and i can't speak <laughs> anyway right I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it how to navigate feelings of insecurity and jealousy we've kind of covered this um but yeah I guess it's yeah it's just being aware of it and yeah. processing it mm. yeah I think just being aware that your feelings are valid you know if it's you okay feel, it's yeah. okay to feel that way and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to feel insecure what Mm. really matters is how how do you then move forward from that because it's unhealthy to just kind of continuously Mm -hmm. sit with that um and yeah uh, we've spoken about this I guess in quite a lot of detail but it's it's whether those feelings come from something that you can easily fix and through talking about it or Mm -hmm. whether those feelings are fundamentally there because the person you're with isn't right for you you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I can say any more on this because I'll just be repeating no. myself. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's just also um, it's kind of a, almost a good thing because you know that you're still into your partner and you still care about what they're doing. Obviously, yeah, this is very yeah generic. It can mean d- different things, but yeah, yeah. Well, that is all the questions. Nice. That's been a good episode. I've learned loads. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm, I'm still. I. <laughs> Yeah, I always like because obviously I have my account and everyone thinks I'm a expert, but really I just come on the podcast, invite some great people, and then I'm learning. Like this is a learning curve for me more than anything. It I'm just recording such it. A fun thing to do, like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great oh, way great. to meet people during a pandemic as well. But in general, yeah, like it's yes. going to be great when we can all actually meet up. 
I know. How weird is that? Like most of it, like, mm. I guess it's the same for you. Like the whole time we've been in this sex positive community almost has been mm. during a time where we can't actually go and connect with people and meet with people. So, you know, just yeah. who's going to be throwing the party for everyone is what I want to know. And yeah, we need a big invite. Instagram event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to do that. I don't know how how I'd arrange it, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> okay, Poppy, can you tell us where people can find you? Because obviously, I will be plugging you on Instagram, but people may have not heard of you. Oh yes. So, yeah. uh, so you can find my business, Self and More, at mm-hmm. www. or com if you're an international <laughs> hun. Um, follow us on Instagram at Self and More. And you can follow me personally if you enjoyed my ramblings at Poppy Scarlet. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>